1989, a pregnant woman in Wasilla was raped by her physician during a pelvic exam. I found out about that rape two years later while working as a reporter for the Anchorage Daily News. I also learned that this doctor had raped at least five other women. All of them had been either pregnant or infertile. I felt it was important to do a story. Even though the doctor had confessed to the crimes, the public was struggling to believe it. I approached my editor at the Anchorage Daily News and asked him if I could do an investigative piece on this doctor. And he said, yes. I contacted some of the victims and asked them if I could interview them for the story. And they said, yes. But I want to back up a minute. I wanted to do this story because, not only because I was a journalist, I felt it was a story that had to be told. There was a personal reason as well. I had to do it both as a woman and a young mother. And here's why. The accused doctor had shared a medical office in Anchorage with the physician who had recently delivered my daughter. Also, when I was a 20-year-old college student, my optometrist suggested that the reason my new contacts were hurting my eyes was because I had a cold. I didn't have a cold. Well, he slipped his hand under my shirt, beneath my bra, and massaged my breasts. I'm feeling for swollen lymph nodes, he told me. Alarm bells went off inside my head, but another part of my brain said, well, this must be normal. He's well known in the community. He's a medical professional. My gosh, his wife is seated at the reception desk just outside the door. So I met with one of the victims. Her name was Rhonda at the Flying Dutchman restaurant. When we first met, her hands were clenched on her lap. Her, bro her voice was broken at times. And I was surprised when she asked me if for my story, I would publish her name and photograph so that it might lend credibility to a seemingly unbelievable story. How could this esteemed physician, who often prayed with his patients, turn his patients into prey? While talking to Rhonda, I kept asking her, how did it happen? How did he do this? And I remember how she fixed her gaze on me long and hard. And she said, please tell me, please tell me that you do believe me. And I thought, here I am, a general assignment reporter, 
trying to get this gracious woman to relive the trauma of her rape. And I tried to do better. Rhonda and I met a number of times after that. And I met with some of the other victims as well, who asked that I only refer to them in the story by their initials. Over time, a pattern emerged as to how this doctor had gotten away with his assaults. He used his reputation as the chief of staff of obstetrics and gynecology at what was then Alaska's largest hospital. He also used his wholesome and religious persona. He performed long pelvic exams on the women so that he could desensitize them and so that they might not notice it when he removed his fingers and he inserted his penis. And he prevented them from seeing the rape occur with a sheet that was draped over their knees that were drawn up on the exam table. The night before my big story was to come out, my editor called me at home several times, ensuring that every fact was accurate, every word was spelled correctly, every name. And then, on February 2nd, 1992, my story went viral before there even was such thing as viral. <laughs> People called from all over the country, including two women who told me that they too had been raped by this doctor years before. National news outlets picked up the story, and so did some magazines. Suddenly, it seemed everyone knew his name, Dr. Ake. The day Dr. Ake was sentenced for his crimes, I sat in the back of a courtroom and I watched Rhonda shake her head in disbelief when the judge sentenced him to six years in prison for a serial rapist. Public outrage then increased the sentence to eight years in prison, again, for a serial rapist. I've stayed in touch with Rhonda for many years, and I thought of her recently when Dr. Larry Nasser was in the news and how he sexually assaulted the members of the U.S. gymnastics team. I thought about Rhonda and that flash of anguish in her eyes when we met at the Flying Dutchman and she thought I didn't remember her. I thought about all of Dr. Ake's victims and wondered if their anger and their pain resurfaced when they heard what Dr. Nasser did to those trusting girls laid out on his examination table. Rhonda, I'm still in touch with her. The lump that she found on her breast turned out to be breast cancer 
that had spread largely, she believes, because she had waited because she was afraid to return to a doctor to be examined. Tonight, I stand here with Rhonda, and I stand here with DR and IS and MD and all the other women. And I am with them when they raise their arm and they say, me too. Thank you.